Hello, I'm Adam and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a gardening podcast where you will hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from the world of both indoor and outdoor gardening. This is the whopping fifth season of the podcast with new guests and brand new stories and conversations with some people that you will definitely know and some people that you'll come to know through these episodes. I'm thrilled to say that this podcast is proudly sponsored by the wonderful people at PlantGrow, producers of award-winning organic compost, mulch and fertiliser made with zero chemicals. Great for your garden and even greater for the planet. And I know because it's all I use on my garden. Don't forget, if you use the code pottingbench on plantgrow.co.uk, you'll get 10% off your order. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to ask, if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, then please consider rating and leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's easy to do, takes a few minutes of your time, but it just helps this podcast get into the ears of more like-minded, planty people. In this week's episode, I'm ticking off another person from my ever-growing list of presenters from Gardener's World that have appeared on the podcast. This week, I had the huge pleasure of talking with the supremely wonderful Sue Kent. Sue discusses how everything began with Gardener's World and how that turned into something huge for her. I've known Sue for a little while now, but this was the first chance we had to sit down and record something for the podcast. I think this is one of my favourite conversations so far, so I really hope you enjoy it too. So, for anyone who is not familiar with you right now, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Sue Kent. I am a presenter on BBC Gardener's World and I give talks about making gardening easier for yourself because I have an upper limb disability. I garden with my feet and my hands and I find that what makes gardening possible for me often helps a lot of other people too. Yes, of course. Well, there's so much that we can that we can go into, but shall we start at the beginning? That's the best place to start, isn't it? You burst into our lives. This I've made this sound like um, this is a this is your life, haven't I? At the start, so you burst into our lives in 2020. Is that right? After yeah. being on Gardens yeah. World, which was yeah. a segment that was about your garden. Uh, so I sent in, uh, it was during lockdown and I sent in, they were shorter films and they asked viewers to help fill their space. So um, I sent in a little film about the tools that I use I thought would be helpful for other people. And they called me and they said, we like your video, but we've never done this before. We want to make a slightly bigger one and we're going to direct you from a distance. So I had a three week training course on um, how to make a proper film. Um, and I had to keep getting up every day. I got a lot of it wrong. That's why it took through three weeks. And I had to learn about different camera shots and the sound and the app I had to use couldn't reverse. So I couldn't see whether I was on camera or not. So I had to keep running around and checking and retaking so it was a, a sort of baptism of fire but you know it went down very well with the public and got me a job so it was well worth it <laughs> it was it was well worth persevering I didn't know that so that's I think that's where I was confused I was thinking because it looked so great that it was that it was them that had come to your garden no I did it all I mean they edited it and yeah. they directed me um and they sort of advised me but I trained the robin myself and uh I because I've been doing it for three weeks the robin knew where I'd be at certain times of day and um you know and I'd done a bit of filming myself for my previous job 
Um, but I didn't understand about wide shots and narrow shots and, you know, and close shots and all that sort of thing. And also it was lockdown and we live by the beach and everyone was supposed to be at home. But the cars that kept going past the back of my house, yeah. it was worse than it normally was. So, yes, so much for lockdown. Yeah, gosh, yeah. No, I suppose that was the thing with you the beach, You had to stop filming. Oh, stop in mid-speak when a car goes by. Gosh, so that when that was happening a lot, though, because of the beach. Yeah, yeah. It, and uh, it still does. When we were filming tomorrow and um, it's, you know, we I, I sort of stop in mid-sentence and we have to redo it again, you know. <laughs> I've also the... got two sets of builders here now as well. Not in my my house, but next door, so that makes it even worse. <laughs> oh, wow! Oh, good lord! So the cars is is just the is the payoff for living near the beach, I suppose. Isn't it, it? it is. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> live by the beach and have the cars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so that was twenty twenty. What were you doing before all of this <laughs> gardening lark? You weren't. I, I was going to say you weren't a gardener before, but you were an amateur gardener, I, I suppose. But you weren't. Yeah, you weren't I a well known. Gar- I was been gardening for you know thirty five, nearly thirty five years in my own house and I I'd take I'd taken on an allotment um and but I was a massage therapist I used my feet to massage and I had my own business um uh and I've been working away at that for 14 years and I was in the process of thinking about retiring because it was quite physical um and lockdown really sort of put a strain on it so you know it took me a, a, a you know a, a bit of a while to sort of transition um from you know massage therapist to gardener but I'm fully retired from massaging now <laughs> but you're fully subscribed into gardening instead I am fully subscribed into gardening. <laughs> did you did you ever dream that after that that video that was on garden as well that this would become your life no uh, to be honest I had always wanted to go once on garden as well because I've watched it since Percy Thrower mm. and um I always just wanted to go and people used to come to my garden and go, your garden isn't good enough to be on the telly. And that. and so during lockdown, I had so much gardening time. I felt it was and I'd have been quite happy and contented with just being on there and showing my garden once. Yeah. But I, So I never dreamed of but I'm thoroughly enjoying the journey. I really am. It's great. And it's leading to loads of other interesting things. And I've discovered I really like public speaking and, mm. um, you know, talking. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, you know, it's expanding nicely. I've just started writing for Gardeners World magazine, which I'm enjoying. Um, so my first one, you know, I've got a, a series over the autumn. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like writing. I've always had terrible grammar. So that's a bit difficult, <laughs> but it's it's sort of improving. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's what well, editors are for. I well, moving commas true. and putting in all sorts of things. <laughs> they are. That is what they're there for. Well, let, let's let's backtrack to this um, this video that was on Gardeners World. Talk us through what you were what you were showing us in your in your garden because as you say you live near the beach and I distinctly I distinctly remember this this section um, really really stuck in my brain because I remember the planting in particular with uh, kind of up the because it's like a, a raised bank almost isn't it at the back yeah there's a, a terrace a terrace that's the best and way of describing it yeah. forty foot long it was a raised bank but I terraced it in two thousand eleven. Right. And I sort of got the idea from the Cornish garden beginning with tea, skips my mind, mm. um, with the long um, uh, walk down to the beach with hydrangeas. So I, I'm a fan of block planting. So, yeah, it had a gr- has a great big row of hydrangeas at the top. And then it has um, a centre of a long path with everything, you know, plants either side mirrored and reflected and, you know, repeated. Um, just five plants, so it's quite easy to maintain with with um, 
cockle shells around the plants. And then the bottom layer is the block planting again of Shasta daisies. And it's it's all 60 centimetres. Each bed is 60 centimetres deep, so I can manage it. Um, I was going to say, so it, that's that's conscious. Uh, it's conscious in terms of you being able to manage it. Yeah, it's and it's, it's just... And it sort of created the form of a big herbaceous border without many plants mm. and, um, you know, without all that effort and, and, and really accessible planting. Um, so, you know, you've got negative space between the plants, but that actually allows me to tend them. But also mm. because it's a sort of long vista, you don't notice it when you're, you know, you just see the plants. Um, and, uh, but when you're actually maintaining it, it's very useful. Yeah, of course. So, so again, during that that video, you you talked about the disability and kind of how uh, how you the tools that you've used um, in within. That's your a big hit. My tools yeah. are a big hit when I do I my talks. I rocked up at Gardener's World Live, and I had a little. I was they had a little tool stage, and uh, um, I sort of did 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 it. You know, just literally appeared and started talking tools, and had a great fun with the audience. So, and it's always quite a a bit when I do a talk uh you know and I keep finding new ones which is great <laughs> and uh and then now the tool suppliers are quite keen to see me <laughs> yes I bet they are I bet they are what tools what, what are the ones that for anyone that didn't see that video um for anyone that, that absolutely uh, I don't know if you're living under a rock at that point because you sh really should have we were all at home watching garden as well so there's no excuse if for yeah. anyone that didn't see those tools what 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 are those tools and how are they so how are they different think, oh yeah so we have the garden claw mm. which is uh, a sort of long uh, shaft and a handle at the top, a sort of T-bar handle, and then four prongs. And so rather than digging over the soil, you can, and having to lift the soil with a fork and, and press it with your foot, you can turn this back and forward. It sort of rotates in the soil and it loosens it and it allows you to lift out, um, to, to sort of to loosen it so you can get the weeds out. And of course, I use my toes to weed so I don't have any bending to do. Um, well, I do bend a bit to do the, you know, halfway, but not mm. not have my face in the soil. Um, and uh, I think we had the snip. Oh, no, did we have the snipper then? No, I don't think we did have the snipper because I didn't have that many tools. Um, so I had, you know, I can't remember now. We had and a sieving. I love a good sieve. Yeah. Because um, I sieve my make my own compost. So we have the sieve. We have the garden claw. I was using at the time bulb planters to get down to root to remove um you know the long the trowels mm. the very thin trowels because they don't disturb the soil as much as a bigger trowel yeah um and they push into the soil much easier um and then the the the, the this you know twin forked or weeder you know the it's just got two prongs and yeah. when you weed it sort of gets the weeds in the pond but i can't think of anything else of course the other favorite thing i've got is the some people call it a snipper. Some people call it a pruner, mm. um, which is about uh, a meter long, maybe a little less. And I, I've brought cheaper ones, but I, I have sit and they, they self lock and they were becoming a real problem when we were using them on the telly because I, I go to do something and being filmed and it would lock. Oh. Um, and then they blunted very easily. And I came across a lady saw me at a, a show and she said, go and try those. She said, they are the best. She literally, she tapped me on the shoulder and said, you must try these. And they're ARS and they're Japanese steel. They are, and they don't lock. They don't self-lock. Oh, amazing. 
Ah, uh, they are amazing. I can just work so much faster. They stay sharp. They are just the bee's knees. And mm. they just, they're great for anybody because you shouldn't really, if you've got a big board, you shouldn't really get in there in the summer mm. um, because you damage the soil and you invariably knock plants. And so even if you've got long arms, you can reach further with these. You can reach up and get your roses. They've got rose specific ones. And it literally has made a speed through work now. It, it, it is yeah. worth paying more for your tools if you know yeah. um i've tried the cheap, cheap ones and um but the ars are absolutely brilliant what's the what's the saying you buy, buy cheap and buy twice it's true buy cheap it? and buy twice yeah. yes and uh so um yeah i've got that one um and i'm i've got some great tools for the autumn that i discovered at gardeners world live mm. um and uh will help me with my apple harvest i hope Oh, lovely, lovely. You, well, you mentioned about the weeding, and you mentioned about the kind of the negative space between the plants. I was just thinking about your your gardening because of that negative space. Does does that mean that you naturally have more weeds because you've got more open soil? No, this is really interesting. Um, it's an interesting debate this one because because I've done two show gardens, um, and you can get marked down for planting too close together. And in both show gardens, I pack the plants in oh. because um you know i wasn't doing a super large area like i have done at home with the cockle shells and stuff um and so i packed them in because to me weeding is much more difficult than removing mm. so what you have to sort of weed in the summer um and then you damage everything you know with my great clawed hoppy feet mm. um and also my ability to get in there and, and and dexterity so i tend to plant close and then in the autumn, if everything's got too packed or in the spring, I'll hoik something out with the fork and, and then and that. But, you know, I went to Chelsea this year and the first garden I've ever seen that was just so suitable for me was Sarah Price's garden mm, yeah. because she had tons of negative space. And um, but she had, you know, laid out her plants with a lot of lovely space so you could mark each individual form and structure of the plant. But she'd used a sort of sand base so that you could actually get up. And that was part of the design, you know, a bit like my cockle shells are. Mm. And so there wasn't weeding to do, um, you know, because of the the, the, the ground, uh, the things that you should use. I mean, obviously, you're going to get self-sown weeds in sand, yeah. aren't you? And stuff like that. It's quite compacted. And maybe, you know, so as long as you get them early, you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so she is the first person that, you know, has garden I bought things. I could manage this and I could manage it beautifully. And she's given me... A lot. I mean, I don't think it would work in my garden, but, um, you know, I'm doing it where I can. Um, but it's a, a lot of food for thought uh, mm. of how to do that and, and, and what, what sort of to use on a ground level to enable the plants to be on their own. Of course, Chelsea is a snapshot in time. And, yeah, you know, once the iris goes over, what's going to stand there? You know what I mean? So it's it's it, it has its pros and its cons. Yeah, um, it but yes, it's... um it's 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 very much a design feature that i like exploring mm. to weed or to you know what you know how to how to use space effectively and that will yeah. suit me so you said you said about being uh potentially marked down for planting too close is that the opposite uh, is that the same um for the opposite of planting too far apart yes, as well, presumably? You, 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 you can't you can get it right you can get it wrong but if if you go to if you're thinking of doing a shogun, you've never done one before, you know, um, the RHS, they got sick of my silly questions. So they sent me to a landscaping conference and they presented there about 
you know, all these questions that you want to ask. And they sort of explained it. And they said, you know, work on to 20 to 25 plants per meter. Um, and my show garden at Hampton Court, literally, it was packed, but it worked out at about 22 plants a meter. So I was spot on, mm. even though it looked super full. Um, I was I, I wasn't overplanted. So then the, uh, the flip side of that with Gardeners World Live, because I, I saw you. Uh, Hampton, I saw you at Hampton Court this year, not, not for a garden, but then before that, I saw you at Gardeners World Live with your beautiful border. So for anyone that hasn't seen these, the, the category itself is called beautiful borders, but yours truly, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to it, truly was a, a really beautiful border. Fortunately, I had a chance to see that in person and talk to you about it, but for anyone that hadn't seen it, that that was crammed full, in a good way, of plants, though, as well, wasn't it? That wasn't um, sparse by any means. No, that wasn't sparse by any means, um, and we did wonder, but we used a lot of bedding, and you know, bedding does spill. You know, it takes up quite a large large area. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's designed yeah. to fill spaces. It's great, you know, Annuals are designed to like really, you know, take take over the space where perhaps the perennials aren't big enough yet. Yeah, have a great way of, you know, setting out a garden because you may not need them in a couple of years' time. So instead of weeds, put annuals, and again, it saves you a job and it's much prettier and it's much better for wildlife because you've got flowers there, not bare soil. Yeah. So um, yes, it was crammed, but not again overcrammed it was no. just the plants that we chosen to use um to fill the spaces mm. and uh you know we had lots of little times in the cracks but um you know they're little times and yeah. uh they that's what they're there for they don't grow big no. um and um and there was little spaces so uh and there was vegetables and you know everything had room to breathe you know, we did have a discussion. I did I did pull out a couple because I, I thought it was slightly, you know, there was a space mm. where I felt the plants couldn't breathe. Um, and so, uh, you know, it is a it is um, it's a fine line and, and it needs to be judged. Yeah, no, of course. And I does. think I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly are. What what was the for, for anyone that didn't see it? What was the design and what was the inspiration behind it? Because it was it was gorgeous. And what was the actual space of your of your plot as well? It was it was nine meters squared, a one and a half meters by six meters, um, and it was called um, they're called beautiful borders. And then you have a theme, and I was given a theme of my escape. And so I'm very much give me a brief and I'll respond to it. I love a brief. Um, and so I thought, what's my escape? And I thought, well, actually, I've got two rooms in the house. The rest of the house is painted very cool blue because we're by the sea. But two rooms I've uh, managed to get pink in. And they're my favorite rooms. And I, when I go in there at the end of the day, my pink sitting room, I feel like I've escaped. Um, so pink, it, it had to be pink. Then um, I, I paint very badly garden flowers. And oh, that come is on, another silly. escape. So it, no, I'm not great. You know, I'm not going to say I'm a painter. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's really good. It's all very hit and miss. Uh, so I thought painting, that's what I do in the garden. And I love the smell. When you smell garden flowers, you do just your brain trips out of whatever mode you're in into this mm. escape mode. So I thought I'll put those three things together. Um, and I thought I'll do. a, And I love pink and, and, and it gets such marmite reaction and i thought mm. i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna try and dip dye like a dip dye dress i'm gonna try and explore 
the whole range of pink and mm. do it from very pale all the way down to dark, almost purple. And I work with farmyard. I've worked with farmyard nurses at Hampton Court, and I work. And I said, I, I said to the, I said to gardeners, well, I won't do it unless Richard does it with me. So I rang Richard and said, Richard, because I can't plant up because um, if I plant when some things are in full flower, I'll damage them. I just get too close. My feet yeah. are too clod hoppy. So Richard does the planting and I, and he, you know, he provides the plants. And so I said, well, he's one of the people, but the majority of the plants come from Richard. Um, so I said to Richard, Richard, <laughs> do you want to do it again? I said, it's pink. And he put his head in his hands because he's sort of a, a sort of dark shade loving. Sort right. Of the other end of the spectrum. You know, he's, yeah. he's a gold medal winner in the marquees, you know, and he's completely the other end of the scale from me. And uh, I could almost hear him just he just found it so incredibly difficult to get his head around what I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> but we pulled it off. You know, once I slapped him around a bit and he'd succumbed to the fact that he was going to be a girly for the week. Um, you know, <laughs> he is brilliant. And um, so you know, and he's based in Carmarthen, so I can pop up. It takes me about an hour and a bit to get to him. Um, but, of course, it was such a bad winter. Um, yeah, that he lost, great, he lost I think, 40% of his plants. So we had to be super-duper-duper flexible and creative. Mm. Um, and, of course, David Austin came in with the roses, um, as they did at Hampton Court. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was good. It was was very good. I I loved it, and I've got to confess, I'm really really sorry to say that. Well, I say I'm really really sorry. I am a pink convert, so I never used to like pink, but I'm coming round to the idea of pink. I get it is a marmite colour though, and I don't know I don't know why that is. Why do you think pink? Do you is know? I a... thought all the blokes would hate it, but they were they were the ones who were stopping him, going, "Oh my god, you're oh, really, really making me think about colour." I'm. I thought mm. I was all like this, but I love your garden, and therefore I'm going to have to go away and rethink how I think. Um, and that was, you know, that didn't happen just once or twice. So it was, you know, I was theme, surprised yeah. by that. I thought I'd get slated. You know, I did think I'd get a bit of a slating. I was well prepared for it. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I just, you know, a couple of people said it, but the majority of people absolutely loved it. I um, loved it. I, I really like pink with white. So I like things like... I don't know, the Dahlia Cafe Olay Royale, where it's kind of white with a pink, yeah. a kind of dark pink, um, almost kind of centre in the tips of the petals. I think there's something about that. And I think that's why your your garden really chimed with me, because there was white in there as well, wasn't there? Yeah, there was white in there. And also there were a couple of, like, I, I, every so often in the very dark bit, there would be something with a bit of white, white mm. or very light pink in. And then in the light bit, there would be something a bit dark. There was a little bit dark. You know, my favorite, mm. not my favorite plant, but the the, the my the plant that I'm going to have in my garden next year was oh my goodness, it was an allium. It was um, is it red Mohican? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it came out a salmon pink under because I had um a white pink tree, uh, salix. Oh, which one was it now? Flamingo. And that has got these sort of salmon pink veins in the leaves, in the white mm. leaves. And then the red Mohican, which isn't quite red, picked that up. And the two together were absolutely yeah. lovely. And um, so, and it was so funny. It was a real show. What's that? What's that? Alien? What's that plant? Because it has got a little <laughs> Mohican on it. <laughs> Wait, do you know, there was, there was one plant. I can't remember. Annoyingly, I can't remember what it is now. But we were there on press day. 
And I don't know if you remember, but we couldn't remember what it was. And we we're furiously looking through all the lab- labels that you'd got trying to find it. I can't remember uh, what it was now. Yeah. Was it that? Was it a pink spiky one? It, yes, it was. Was it Litherum? Oh, it was, wasn't it? Oh, there were two, weren't they? I've just had, I can just, I can just, I was going to say, I just could look, look it up on the list, but I won't. There were two. <laughs> and I literally got the, I might be able to, while we're chatting, you know, it, well, there were two that, I kept because they came last minute and they hadn't been on the list because we didn't know if they were going to be ready. And so it was quite funny, you know, in terms of trying to remember it. Everyone was asking me and I was going, oh, no, I can't. I can't remember that one. But right, let's have a look. I've got them down here. Uh, there was a Sedalsia. People love that one. Yeah. And if we got it on the list here, but then there was a bit of uh, Lithrum uh, Salicaria Robert. Salicaria Robert. Was it that one? The oh, Sedalsia. The Sedalsia was very been. popular. I think it was the Litherum, actually, but, but they were both lithorum. gorgeous. Yeah. The Litherum was, was pinker, brighter. Yes. Yeah, it was. And it? I like the Litherum best. Um, mm. and but most people like the Sedalsia best. Well, it was all nice. So it was all nice. It was all nice. We've we've glossed over the painting thing slightly, but there was something quite special about the, the painting that you did on your garden, because it was with nail varnish, wasn't it? Um, it was with nail varnish because what I wanted, I didn't want the painting to dominate or distract from the plants. Mm. Um, so I wanted it, the audience to know that it was a place to paint. So I painted on glass so they could see through it. And I painted with nail varnish in case it rained, which it did. So that was lucky. Um, so I used nail varnish and a few acrylics to give it a bit more depth so that people could literally see there's a painting, but mm. they could see through it. Yeah. And it had, because originally I had broad beans in the mix because I did have vegetables. I do like vegetables within my border. So the plan was pink flower broad beans to give it a bit of height, but they'd gone over by the time wow. the show was there. So they were painted in the picture and I was hoping nobody would notice. <laughs> but they were quite prominent. <laughs> and, um, they, they were there in spirit. They were there yeah. in spirit. <laughs> they were. So, well, what what on earth is next for you, Sue? Because you've had a busy old year, haven't you? I have had a super busy old year. At the moment, I'm like, I've been asked if I had a book up my sleeve. And uh, I have got one that would be a longer term project. But this is a book that I like to take notes. Thank goodness I do. Yeah. Um, now I've got this job of everything. I've lived here 30 years of everything that I planted um, and things that have grown. And, and the vegetables, I'm a great vegetable grower, that seeds that I've sown, whether they're successful so that I know not to make the same mistakes. And I didn't find, any, there used to be something on the market that suited my purpose, but a few years ago I couldn't find anything and I designed a book myself so lots of areas for specific note taking and and you know when you have you think oh now how 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 far apart should my leaks be or mm. when should I prune that or blah de blah de blah so and then you go on to Google and then you you waste loads of time on Google instead of gardening because you've gone down some sort of rabbit hole so I put all the things that I need to know in this book so I can just look it up when I'm supposed to prune that and or just pruning guidelines and then I write down the plants that I've got and when I'm mm. supposed to prune them and then I can check at the year and things I'm watching Gardener's World and maybe Nick Bailey is going look at this plant isn't it lovely and I go yes I want it and and then I forget so I I have my book and I write down like I want this book plant and where I think I'm going to put it so I get a shopping list going and so it's it's um and then things like germination times and 
mm. you know, as I said, planting this and pests. You know, I can never remember, you know, when you've got yellowing leaves, you're supposed to feed it this. When you've got this, you're supposed to feed it like So I've put it all in there. And of course, when they said, have you got a book? And I said, well, I've, I've got this. I use it. I've printed it for myself on an American site. You know, you print mm. your own book. So they said that there was, they were quite keen. So they uh, worked with a graphic, the a Welsh uh, publisher. So we're doing that as I speak. I don't know who's going to buy it. It is a bit of a risk. Um, oh, I'll uh, buy it. But, Tell me that. But, but it's, it'd be a great... It, because the thing is, when I wanted it not to be, you know, a list of how to do this, that, and the other, because you may not do those things. Mm. And I didn't want it to be date-specific because a lot of them are diaries. And then when you, you, you might not use them for six months. Do you know what I mean? If you mm. want to take notes of whatever you're doing, you don't necessarily do it all the time. You don't want to be stuck to have to do that. No. So um, it can go on for years. And... And so it's, you know, it's a great gift because it'll it'll last. Someone might not use it for a year or two and they might pick it up and decide to use it. Yeah, so I'm quite, I yeah, think it, it works for me. And I, as I said, what works for me usually works for other people. Good. And of course, <laughs> it's out for, out for Christmas. So it's a great yes. gift. Perfect in time for Christmas. Well, I will put all the details of that in the in the show notes for everyone to uh, to find that as well. Exactly. Well, it's got to the point of the podcast where I've got three of the Ooh. single most Ooh. difficult questions that you've ever had in your life. Are you Ooh, ready? Nervous. Nervous. <laughs> They're really not that bad. Okay, question number one. If you were to start your garden again from scratch, where mm. would you start? Ooh. Ah, where would I start? I would remove, because I, I inherited loads of old shrubs and mm. and a whole 40 foot bank of shrubs and I would take those out much quicker than I did do <laughs> and I wouldn't wouldn't plant yuccas right okay because they're really prickly mm. I can't get near anything near them because they like attack you and yeah. I can't cut the leaves off myself because they're too stiff I can't cut the flowers off because the stems are too thick and they've got massive roots so once you've got them you might sort of think you've dug them out but they come back Still to there. watch. Yeah, <laughs> they do indeed. All right then. Okay, so you, you dig some of those shrubs out then. What is your favourite scent in the garden and why? Mm, I think it's lavender. I know it's really boring. I just love it. I just, I I've, it. I've had it all my life uh, and roses, but I think lavender, I, you know, I've got big, I've had big bushes of lavender here for such, a, and it's successful here, loves mm. it here. Um, and I and I and I, I cut it. I cut all the stems off in the winter, and I tie them in bundles. I bring them into the house, and we light the fires with them because it's like fire lighting because they've got oils in. And so it's you know it's a, it's it's I love it. Lovely. I love lavender too. It is one of those scents that I think everyone thinks is old fashioned, but it's still it's a a, a good scent. Is a good scent, isn't it? It is. It doesn't mm. matter. I don't care about fashion when it comes no. to smell. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Okay. And the final question. Why does gardening bring you so much joy? <gasps> now that is assuming it does. <gasps> is this where you reveal that you actually don't like gardening? <laughs> well, it is a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. And I I didn't need to garden like I had. And I could have put it all down to lawn and been really boring. Mm. Um, And it brings me... So I do slightly get a bit knackered and and fed up having to do it because once you've started something it always mm. needs maintenance but it does bring me I think it's watching the flowers come up you know I'm a very uh, since I've got rid of a lot of shrubs there's a lot more color in my garden I love mm. color and I love all the exciting perennials they come up and they go over and I like the flower I like to think how I can dry them and how I can prolong their life or how I can eat them um and so I love that sort of changing colorful 
joy of it all. So mainly it brings me joy, but uh, at times I get overwhelmed. Sue's brand new book, Garden Notes, is out now and is available from Sue's website, suekent.com, and from all good book retailers too. Do also make sure to follow along with Sue on Instagram too, where you can find her as Sue Kent at Home. Join me again next week where I'll be in conversation with another fantastic planty guest. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram at viewfromthepottingbench to see what I'm up to in my garden or visit viewfromthepottingbench.com to read my blog and much more.